Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 82 called God Takes His Stand. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these bear witness of me. I told you, in rapid fire from David Gutzik. I told you, I'm the one who came from heaven, John 3.13. I told you, whoever believes in me has eternal life, John 3.15. I told you, I'm the unique son of God, John 5.19-23. I told you, I will judge all humanity, John 5.19-23. I told you, all should honor me just as they honor God the Father, John 5, 19 through 23. I told you the Hebrew scriptures speak of me, John 5, 39. I told you I perfectly reveal God the Father, John 7, 28 and 29. You can go back and listen to this later because I gotta go fast. I always please God and never sin. I told you, John 8, 29. I told you I'm uniquely sent from God, John 8, 42. I told you before Abraham was, I am, John 8, 58. I told you I'm the son of man prophesied in Daniel, John 9, 37. I told you I will raise myself from the dead, John 10, 17 and 18. I told you I'm the bread of life, John 6, 48. I told you I'm the light of the world, John 8, 12. I told you I'm the door, John 10, 9. I told you I'm the good shepherd, John 10, 11. Do you need more? I told you. How much more do you need? How many more miracles do you need? How many more exclusive claims do you need? How much more evidence do you need? Just one more. Tell, Tell us one more time. I told you. But you won't believe. And now they're surrounding the judge who's come to the earth to take our judgment Tell us plainly, I told you, 25, and you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, if you won't believe my words, then believe the works. These bear witness of me, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep, John 10, 27, hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. I give eternal life to them. They shall never perish, praise God. No one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who's given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, this isn't just one in purpose. This is one in nature. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. The Father's not the Son. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. This is not a Jesus-only doctrine. This is not just about unity and purpose. This is unity in nature. They are one in nature. The very first verse of John's gospel says that, that he's the Word and he's God. Now, the Jews know what he's saying because they took up stones again to stone him. And the Leviticus says, you can stone for blasphemy in the law. And Jesus answered, 32, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, for a good work we do not stone you. I would imagine right here, if you look at the flow, they've they've got the rocks in their hand. They're ready to fire. And Jesus calmly says, okay, which good work do you stone me for? 
They say, for blasphemy, because you, being a man, and he was more than a man, make yourself out to be God. And Jesus answered them, has it not been written in your law? I said, you are gods. Now there's the quote from Psalm 82, 6. If he called them gods, small g, to whom the word of God came, they were responsible to give out the word of God, to rule according to the word of God. And the scripture cannot be broken, cannot be empty of its power. Do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world? You are blaspheming because, blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God. If you do not believe, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Therefore, they were seeking again to seize him, and he eluded their grasp because it wasn't his time to die, nor would he die by stoning. But this is interesting, and I want you to think about the flow of the verses. They surround the Messiah, God the Son. He's the ultimate judge, and they're supposed to be the rulers of their day. But what have they been doing? They've been making all kinds of unjust judgments. They can't judge anything fairly, anything righteously. They can't even make a proper judgment about God the Son, the Messiah, arriving on the scene. You know why? Because they're too worried about their position, too worried about their power, too worried about the approval of man rather than the approval of God. They can't make a righteous judgment. And Jesus quotes a psalm that's all about people who are supposed to execute the word of God properly, supposed to make righteous judgments, but they don't. Do you think that these guys are familiar with Psalm 82 and the eight verses that are there? Do you think they know the context? Do you think they understand the flow? Do you think they understand the thrust of what's being said in Psalm 82? Psalm 82 is a cry for justice. It's a cry that corrupt rulers would repent and get things right and see things without having blinders on their face. This is not about Jesus saying that he's not God or that other people were called God, so don't worry about it. That's all I'm saying. No, he's saying, I am the judge and you ain't judging properly. Go back and look at Psalm 82 again. And I think they knew exactly what he was saying. This is not a verse that uh, diminishes the deity of Christ or he's not denying his deity. He's simply affirming the fact in a rabbinic way appealing to a psalm that nails these guys for what they really are. They don't represent God because they love the praises of men more than the glory of God. Amen? That's why Jesus goes there. And if, we, if you turn back with me in, to Psalm 82, this is what Jesus confronted in his day. Unjust judgment, wrongs everywhere, and Jesus often said to his apostles, be of good cheer. Don't let your hearts be troubled. There's a lot of bummed out Christians right now, right? We're like, oh man, this world. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on. I know. Uh, I heard somebody recently say, if nothing else, we should be happy warriors. Because it'll just drive the other side crazy if you're just a happy warrior. <laughs> Now, I'm not sure we should do that just to drive the other side crazy. But, but don't you think you could be a happy warrior in Christ? After all, you know who ultimately is on the throne and you know where this is all going, right? And so we can have joy. But we can also see that 
these guys are being called gods with a small g, Elohim, sarcastically, ironically. Uh, I think the Bible allows for some holy sarcasm. Man, I, I so appreciate that. <laughs> like when Elijah, you know, the prophets of Baal are cutting themselves, and oh, Baal, 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 Baal us out of this one, Baal, I'm bleeding for you, Baal, I'm jumping up and down, Baal. Well, maybe your God's on vacation. Maybe he's in the restroom. Maybe he's reading the sports section, we don't know. <laughs> little holy sarcasm. I, I do believe that Jesus' appeal to Psalm 82 is just that. I don't think it's a diminishing of Jesus' deity. The whole Gospel of John is about the fact that he's God. But I think it's a, it's a smack on these guys who are supposed to represent the nation religiously and politically and are failing miserably. And that's why the whole psalm is a cry for justice. Oh, God, how long? <laughs> Have you been there lately in your prayer life? Oh, Lord, how long are you going to let this go on? Oh, Lord, when? Oh, Lord, we've been praying for this. Expose this. Do that. Hey, this has been a, uh, an issue for the people of God for a long, long time. But ultimate judgment belongs to God. And these so-called gods or rulers, verse 7, will die like men. Psalm 82, 7. And fall like one of the princes. Do you remember? This is, uh, write this down for your notes. This is Acts 12, 21 through 24. Herod gives up, gets up to give a speech. And uh, he begins to pontificate. And uh, the people hearing the speech say, this is the, not the voice of a man. It's the voice of a God. And he, was, he didn't give glory to God. And he was drinking it in. Yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. And an angel of the Lord killed Herod on the spot for not giving glory to God. I want you to see Psalm 82.7 in that light. That a guy can be sitting in a, on a throne in a king's chair and uh, getting the accolades. And, and if you're sitting there and you know that Herod's done all these terrible deeds and killed some of the church, and you're looking at it and you're like, oh God, when are you going to step in? And that's, that's an instance when Herod was killed on the spot for not giving glory to God. Jesus said of the religious leaders of his day, the scribes, the Pharisees, Matthew 23, 2, have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. There was literally a chair of Moses in the synagogues, a teaching chair. Also, you could say a chair of judgment. Therefore, all they tell you do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds. For they say things, but they don't do them. Here's what they do. They tie up heavy loads and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men. They broaden their phylacteries. They lengthen their tassels of their garments. They love the place of honor at banquets, the chief seats in the synagogues, respectful greetings in the marketplaces, being called by men, rabbi. They love all that attention. But... They sit in the chair of the judge, but they don't give a proper judgment. And when we see this, when we see injustice, this is our cry. Verse 8, final verse. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for it is thou who does possess all the nations. The nations are yours, the world and the people in it. Why don't you judge now? 
You ever had one of those days where you're like, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus and come right now. This is some people over there, people over there, and they need judgment. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here. And on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. This is our cry, verse 8, final verse. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for it is thou who does possess all the nations. The nations are yours, the world and the people in it. Why don't you judge now? You ever had one of those days where you're like, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus and come right now. This is some people over there, people over there, and they need judgment. (laughs) Then God might speak to your heart and say, do you remember when I saved you? Aren't you glad I didn't come back before then? You see, God's not slow about his promises as some count slowness, but he's patient toward you, not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. And so he waits. He's fixed the day. He knows when he will judge. And so we have to trust him even with that time frame. And I think we certainly are reading a Bible verse here that gives us that allowance to pray, Arise, O God, judge of the earth. The nations belong to you. How long, O Lord? All of that. But We also have to trust God with the timing of these things because we're not the only generation that's ever seen some troubled waters. We're not the only people group in the church that's ever had some questions about whatever we're questioning tonight. All right, a couple final verses. Luke 18 is a place I want to take you. Luke 18, the Psalms are about uh, worship and prayer. Just take a peek, this is, Something that Jesus says, Luke 18, and then we're, we're going to wrap it up. Now, Jesus, Luke 18, 1, was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Luke 18, 2. He said there was a cer- in a certain city a judge who did not fear God. Notice he's a judge. He didn't fear God, did not respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming 
to him. So we have some of the players that we've been studying. We have the judge. We have a widow who should get protection from the judge. She kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. And for a while he was unwilling. But afterward he said to himself, even though I don't fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection, lest by continually coming she wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now this is a parable from the, of contrast. God is a righteous judge, hear the unrighteous judge. He says, the unrighteous judge finally gives in because of the constant uh, appeals now shall not God, the righteous judge, by contrast, bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night, O God, come, O God, judge, Maranatha, you fill in the blanks. And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, that's the Messiah, will he find faith on the earth? Now, here is a parable of contrast. And Jesus' words about, uh, I said, you are God's, is, a, is also a contrast. It's from the much lesser human fallen rulers and judges to the greatest, the judge of all the earth. And here's what struck me, and this is my final thought for you. Do you know that the judge of all the earth came down to this earth to take your judgment? Do you know, if you were to summarize his mission, the one who was enthroned in heaven above, the one who shared the glory with the Father and the Holy Spirit, the one who said, Lord, I want my followers to see my glory, left heaven's glory, took on humanity, took on the role of a bondservant, was made in the likeness of men, and came to die on a cross, to die a death on a cross, and the judge took my judgment at the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's what he cries from the cross. The judge allowed himself to be judged. He took my judgment, my penalty. That is the amazing truth of the gospel. That's what I and you, we are anchored in. We live for, amen? The judge took my judgment. They led him away to be executed instead of me. He took my place. The, the righteous one died for the unrighteous to bring me to God. This is what we share with people. Because we could be quick to judge. We could be quick to you know, say to the whole world, it's all over. Everybody, there's nobody left, Lord. I'm the only one. No, you ain't. But we need to remember what the judge did for us and that he is coming. Father, thank you for the hope of the gospel. It is the anchor of our souls. I think of a scene in Matthew 25 when Jesus will take his seat on his throne and he will judge the world. He will separate the sheep from the goats. And it's remarkable because the essence of what the Lord says in that text is, I was hungry, <laughs> the people who belonged to me, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you came to me. I was in prison and you visited me. And we see that the actions of God's people reveal who they belong to.
It is not a story about being saved by works. It is simply the reality that God's people will be known by their deeds. We are saved by grace. The judge took our punishment in full at the cross, but our deeds reveal who we belong to, what king we follow, what drummer we march to. Would you help us, O Lord God? Because sometimes we spend so much time worrying about judgment that we lose what we should be doing. God, forgive me for the times when I've done too much of that, too much nitpicking, too much maybe splitting hairs when all the while you've called me to be active, lifting the faces of the needy and the broken, living the gospel, doing exactly what you did when you were here, extending your hand to people who no one wanted to talk to, No one wanted to be near them. And I know many in this fellowship have that heart and they do that ministry and I thank you for that. I thank you for the many stories that we could celebrate tonight where the people of God have done in the name of Jesus that kind of ministry. And it's beautiful and it's not easy. Sometimes maybe we're even misunderstood, but Lord God, would you help us to have your heart and to walk out your heart in this world until you bring us to be with you? Would you cleanse us from any judgments that we've made that are unrighteous judgments, Lord? Would you help us to see that clearly? We we have to make right judgments, and we have to weigh our doctrine carefully and what we believe and why we believe it. That's all true. But Lord, there's also an aspect of our walk that we can easily pass by, and that is that we have to have your heart for people, broken people, just like us. Would you bless your people tonight, and those who are watching via live stream, would you encourage their hearts? Would you speak to us in a Selah moment at the end of this message by your Holy Spirit about just how we put feet to this, Lord? It's not to be overwhelming. It's not, we gotta do these 27 things now. No, it may just be one thing. And it may be for the people that are closest to us. If you haven't met the King, the Lord, He wants to save you and He took your judgment at the cross. Would you cry out to Him for salvation? Ask Him to save you. He is faithful. Repent of your sin and trust Him as your King and your Lord and your God. He'll be faithful to save you. You've been listening to God Takes His Stand, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 82. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. If you'd like to watch this message by Pastor Michael in its entirety, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find the channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, I hope and pray that some of the exegesis in Psalm 82 has helped you understand who Jesus is and maybe a little bit more clarity about Psalm 82. Let's not forget the overall setting of Psalm 82. God takes his stand in the midst of the judges. See, the ultimate judge is going to judge. And we thank God that instead of judging us, he judged 
the judge at the cross. I mean, sometimes my brothers, my sisters, my friends, when I think about the judge coming down from the bench and walking to the execution chamber for me, the one who would judge me became the one who took my judgment. I, I don't even have words for that. Only to say that Psalm 82 turns the diamond on that and reveals the beauty and the grandeur of the gospel. This is why Walk in Truth exists, by the way. We're, we're here to proclaim the gospel to those who don't know the Lord so that they might see it and see him for who he is and see their need for Christ and then to encourage the church to proclaim the everlasting gospel, to pray that the word of the Lord would spread rapidly and be glorified in our midst. I'm so grateful for each of you who are listening and partnering with us. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for giving to this ministry. Hey, if you want to give, you can give at the website, walkintruth.com. And hey, if you haven't met the judge who became that baby in Bethlehem, man, ask him into your life. Read through the book of Romans, for example. Read Romans chapter 3, chapter 6, chapter 10. And just say, I want to know you, Lord, and and I want to give my life to you now. I believe in the gospel. I believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe that he is God in human flesh, King of kings, Lord of lords. Man, we have so much to celebrate, so much to, to get out there, and we're so glad to be doing it with a family like you. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 90 called A Prayer of Moses. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.